0: And that's where my whole statement of God first and God only comes from. The more I made my intention God in all things that I did, and the more I made my attention with God, the simpler my life began to be. The easier the action of living in the world And the more I was living in the loving. So begin to look and see what is your intention in the action you're doing right now. What is your intention? What is your intention in this moment, in this action, in this day, in this life? Do you have an intention? Or are you just kind of walking around in the fog, kind of walking into walls once in a while and maybe getting through the door? Or do you have a focus? Do you know the door you want to walk through? And do you walk right to it and go through it and know where you're going? How many times have you gotten into your car with an intention to go somewhere? Only to find a few minutes later, you turned a corner and you're headed to the grocery store or you're headed to the post office or you're headed to work. And that's not what your intention was. Your intention was to go somewhere else. But you drove by habit and ended up somewhere else instead. Because your attention led you elsewhere. Because you allowed your attention to wander, to get distracted, distracting you, you allowed yourself to do something in routine, out of habit. But if you can hold your intention on something and hold your attention as well to that, you will get exactly where you want to go. And you'll get there easily and simply, and you'll walk into that which you intended to do and fulfill it. And that's how my meditations are. If I can keep my intention and attention on God, my meditations go great. And when I get distracted, because my attention is drawn elsewhere, I bring my awareness to my intention. I bring my attention into my intention once again, and the two become one, and I am on purpose, and I am in direction towards God and God only. And I do that because I know this. God has one intention and one attention that God is ever focused on. And that is the soul. That is the soul fulfilling itself. That is the soul in fulfillment returning back from which it has come. God's intention and God's attention is in loving His creation. And the first creation is soul. And no matter what, God's attention and God's intention is never, ever changed, it never wavers. It never is distracted. Never. And the more we can become like God in that action of bringing ourselves back, bringing ourselves back, bringing ourselves present right now God, 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 God the more we align to that movement of loving. And it doesn't mean you give up the world and you stop doing things in the world, but you bring God into all of that. God is there in every place you go, in everyone you meet. Adamant or inanimate objects are all of God. It's just different levels of awareness, different levels of consciousness of knowing self. We as human form have a greater opportunity of becoming aware of who we truly are in God and God in us. And if we take that opportunity, we will find fulfillment, we will find joy, we will find creativity, and we will find that at that moment of our last breath, we will step off into yet a greater new adventure because we truly will have fulfilled what came was what soul came here to do and it will begin to go on into what's next on this journey of existence this journey of life so if I would ask one thing today And I guess it's twofold in one. What is your intention? And what is your attention on? Look and see. And it's fine if it's not God. It's fine. But be aware of what it is. Because if you have awareness and you hold to that, you will fulfill it. Whatever it is, you will fulfill it. The one thing I have found, and I've done that too. I mean, when I was a kid, and I wanted my Christmas gift. I didn't know at the time that's what I was doing. But I had an intention. I remember I had an intention. It was a chemistry set with a microscope. And it was expensive. And I knew it, and I knew it was more than my parents would want to pay for. But I had an intention, and I held my attention to that. And I really held strong. And I got it. Now, little did I know when I got it, what came with it. One, when I got my Christmas gift, and I was so excited, I mean, I actually got exactly what I had asked for without asking for it, just hinting at it. But my mom and dad then sat down with me that evening and said, You know, we're glad you like your gift. We, we see you you know, going through it now and studying it and, and looking to set it up, and that's great. We want to let you know that it was more expensive than we would ever spend on a Christmas gift, so we're making that both your Christmas and your birthday gift. I went, what? <laughs> Inside I went, what? Because I was already setting my intention on something for birthday. <laughs> So I realized, be careful what you ask for because you might just get it and all that comes with it. I realized that you can get what you want, but be careful in the asking that you really do know that this is what you want. Have you ever seen kids, they get the gift that they want and they play with it a little bit and pretty quick it's off to the side by the wall and later it's in the toy chest or in the closet. Well, that's what happened with my chemistry set. In a very short time, I no longer was interested in it. My interest was elsewhere. My parents never said anything about it, but soon it was off to the side, soon it was in the closet. I'd pull it out once in a while and look at it and do something with it, but I really didn't put it into use the way it could have been. Now I wanted something more. But I wasn't going to get it for my birthday because all the money went to this gift. So I learned very quickly, maybe I'd better stop wanting so much, needing so much, chasing after so much, and just allow things to come into my life that are for me. So I put it into practice that next Christmas. I decided I wasn't going to long or want or need anything. I didn't cut out anything. I didn't have things laying around. I didn't. Oh, point things out at the store, and we were walking around and go, "Oh, look at that! Isn't that nice?" And Christmas came, and my mom and dad kept saying, "Well, what? What do you want?" It wasn't a list of things this time. It was, "What do you want?" And I go, "You know, surprise me." And they did, and I, I got a nice gift, a couple of gifts, and I liked them and I enjoyed them. And then I began to realize that it's nice just to let things unfold and come to you rather than trying to make things always happen or chase after things. So just look in your life and see what is your intention and where is your attention. And then truly learn how to hold your focus to whatever that is. If it's in the world, that's fine. And it's a, if it's in spirit, that's fine too. But set your intention and hold to it. Hold your attention to that. And if you can make them one, that's great. Then you'll get to your destination that you planned. You won't end up at the grocery store When you're headed for the airport to take that trip. And believe me, I've done that before. (laughs) And here's Brian. Oh, boy.
1: Well, one of the things that was coming up for me in the meditation was, you know, it's so often you hear, you know, sharing the different stories and the the um, teachings of this pathway. But there's other times that I find that sometimes enter, entering into more of a deep discussion can really greatly benefit us. Because a lot of times, I mean, I know people who don't even come to class because... They, they literally say, you guys say the same thing all the time, so why do I need to keep coming to just listen to the same thing over and over? I said, that's a good question. And that's up for you to decide for yourself. But I know why I come, and I always have, from years ago. Because I know it's not just the information. I know I'm filled by Spirit, just being present. It's an open-eyed meditation for me, or a closed-eyed too, just listening, being in the energy. And move something inside of me. It helps me to get greater clarity and understanding by listening to the talks, by hearing, even if it's the same thing. But it's funny because it never is the same. You ever notice? No two talks are ever really alike. Sure, we'll repeat the teachings through all the different talks, but never two talks are ever the same. But that's really, in a sense, beside the point. It's really the spirit that comes present in the moment. And our main focus or intention here is God, is awakening to that which is. And so what do we do? We hold our attention on God. Even as we speak of God, what is it all doing? It's leading us to God. So that intention and attention, we're practicing, we're doing it right here in every gathering when we get together, no matter what the discussion is. And so I actually find coming to class or listening to the talks on CD or off the website afterwards, it helps me to hold my focus. It helps me to focus my attention back on God. Because I know when I walk out of here, go out and do whatever in the world, my attention just slips and moves into whatever. That's going on. And yeah, the nice thing is, I've learned to hold my attention here at the Seat of the Soul, even while I'm doing in the world. So I am always present with God inside of me. But yet there's still a part of me that is not fully present when my eyes are open, doing in the world. If anything, just so I don't trip and fall. So what are we doing, even in the day-to-day? How can we hold our attention on God? And when we do have that intention of really going home to God or waking up to God or knowing God, how can we really live that on a day-to-day basis besides just focus into our meditation? To me, these are the constant reminders. Here in class, all the wonderful stories I hear Jim so often talk about there's God in the whole storyline, right in the stories. Sometimes I'm going, okay, what's the point of the story? Because sometimes He doesn't lay out the point of the story. You notice that? Because really, the point is the story. The teaching is always unfolding in that. And I think most of us, in hearing the storylines, we begin to discover what really the unfolding Spirit is in and through it all. And such as it is in our own lives. Because it helps point out to ourselves our storyline and how that spirit is unfolding in each of our stories. On one level, you could just come to class and say, okay, he's just sharing about his childhood again. We don't joke around that too much anymore now. You could just think he's telling stories. And I know some people who do that. Because why? Because they don't have the intention of what's behind the story. Their attention is somewhere else. So those are two big factors. It is really the two together. I like that. There's even only two letters difference. In, tension, and a, uh, or at, tension. So where's your tension? <laughs> Hopefully it's in and at God. And that's a good tension. But it's just a funny process. You no, know, I'm joking about tension because to truly get to that place of spirit which is very dynamic, we sometimes call it intense, we oftentimes feel overwhelmed when we have a great... Movement of spirit or loving within ourselves. But yet to get there, what do we have to do? We literally have to move to this place of peace, be still, where there is no tension, but simply have that inner focus of holding. We say, okay, we're doing something. We're chanting the names. We're loving God. So we're doing something. But yet we're also supposed to be peace, be still. That's the subtlety of this, and that's what I often call the trick of the trade, is learning how to truly have that one-pointed focus, but yet at the same time truly let go and come to that centered place of stillness, because it is in that place where we, the soul, truly now slip through that doorway of the world and into spirit. So really, what are we doing? We're letting go of the tension of the world to move into the tension of spirit, the intention. So we're letting go of one thing to gain another. That's the simplicity. But we're so focused in this world of doing, to achieve, to get, to succeed, to get what we want. Even as Jim was saying, didn't he have to hold an intention for that chemistry set to show up at Christmas time? Isn't there a tension in that, in that holding to, that intention? That's part of how things unfold in life. But in this world, we not only hold an in- intention, but then there is this process of doing, pushing, trying to make things happen. Because that's how things work in the world. We have to put in an effort to achieve, to get what we want physically. And so, because that's our training, that's how we've learned to do, how we know to do, how often do we find ourselves now approaching meditation the same way? We go into meditation, we think, Yeah, I'm going to chant these names. I'm going to make it happen and open that door. And I'm going to get to God. Because that's how it's supposed to be done, right? It's up to us, right? We save ourselves. It's up to us to do the work. So I'm going to get to God. I'm going to make it happen. We even hear words like creating the space. We're even hearing Jim talk about that. I'm going to create that space. I'm going to force it. And that is where so many of us will get disappointed or fall away or walk away from this practice of meditation, is because when we approach our meditation that way, that we think it's supposed to happen, but then it doesn't happen, because we're pushing at it. And that's the ego. That's the nature of the ego to get things done in the world, is to push it, to make it happen. But in spirit, it doesn't work that way. So if we find ourselves pushing, we're actually pushing that door closed, the door which we want to step through to get free of this tension of the physical material world. So what do we have to do? be still. Well, how do I get there? Take a step back. Well, am I moving away then from my intention of going to God if I take a step back? Well, it depends. If you take a step pack, back and then now put your focus or attention on something else, yeah. But if you take a step back and still keep your attention on God, then that step back allows that door to open because you now are creating the space by which you can move into the stillness that that door can open so now the Holy Spirit can come in and now lift you because that's the way things are done spiritually. It is by surrendering or letting go of the push of the ego and allowing God that now we receive of that loving, and it is that loving that now lifts the soul out of this physical material universe and truly into those greater realms of loving. It works differently. And it takes time to retrain ourselves or train ourselves anew of the way it unfolds with spirit. So if we're willing to be patient, we'll make it. But if we're not, that's often we will find ourselves going somewhere else. Something where we can put our mental, emotional, physical effort in. Because in doing it that way, we feel we're getting a payoff. When you look around, there's not many people doing this pathway of spirit because it is different than the way the world works. It does take time to learn doing things the way spirit does. Just as Jim was even sharing, that resistance that came up inside of him and going into meditation became a mental process. And so we find ourselves doing the same. So give yourself time, months and years of this meditation. To this day, I've been meditating for over 20 years now. And to this day, I still find little subtleties of awareness in how I approach the meditation that make a difference in my continuing journey of awakening. It's never ending. There's always more. And the more we can open the more we can move into that greater experience of the divine, to know ourselves truly in that greater oneness with God. So be aware of your approach to the meditation practice itself because that can make all the difference of you moving into the experience of spirit Be aware of that. That's why so often, even today, when I did the guided meditation, I will often start out, now bring your focus in and up and what do I say? Be aware of what is going on inside of you. Be aware of that movement of loving. Be aware of what you see, what you hear, hear, what you feel. Be aware. Because it's in that pain attention that we begin to wake up and know not only what the loving is, but also those things that get in the way that we are doing that block that greater awareness and knowing of the divine. Just as Jim shared, is in the process he became aware of what was going on inside of him. And so, that's true for all of us. I do that every single day Most of us, if we've been meditating for a while, we usually have a good sense and knowing of what that movement of loving is now, whether we see the purple or blue light, whether we just feel something on the top of our head or feel a peace move through us. We all have some level of awareness of that. And we all know, this is what we often say when I've had a good meditation or a bad one, why do we call it good or bad? Usually the good ones are what? Because we have more awareness or experience of that movement of spirit. And what are the bad ones? Lack of that experience. And more experience of what? The mind, the emotions, imagination, the body. Those are the bad ones, right? But how do we know the difference? By paying attention. So as we pay attention, we will begin to learn from all the things that go on inside of us, what we are doing to create those. And then we can also begin to see ways now to create differently, to create that space by letting go of the things that get in the way of us and God. And now moving into the space, where truly we do now know how to open that door more fully, more regularly, to experience that greater fullness of spirit. So we have more good meditations, in other words. That's why this journey is really a lifelong journey. There's always a little more to understand, to know about ourselves and our unfolding stories. the more we can do this meditation, that greater unfolding story of the soul's journey, not only in this world, but through all the worlds, is what is fulfilled. Where the book of life is completed, not just a chapter or a page, but the whole book, the whole journey. So I like Jim sharing today on intention and attention. I often talk about paying attention because that's where I really learn. That's where we all learn. But then our part to do, and not on making things happen, but our part to do is simply to learn from our awarenesses that come up as we pay attention and then make changes. Make changes. Oh, that's blocking me. Okay, I can forgive it. I can let it go. I can love it. I can bless it. I can look at it and learn from it. This is how we take responsibility and learn from all of our creations. That way they're not blocks that we judge that are negatives, but they become... What do we have to call them? Stepping stones or opportunities of learning. But we have to approach it that way if it's really going to be that way. If we go into reaction and judge it and want to just get rid of it, it's not going to leave because we are going into resistance and trying to force something to happen out of the ego because we don't like it. And then it doesn't change, so we get disappointed. We give up. What do we do? We're simply giving up on ourselves. In truth, we can't. All we do is kind of prolong or delay the journey. That thing's always going to be there. So why not learn from it now? Why not look at it now instead of keep putting it off? Because that's what we've already been doing is putting it off. So begin to look at things now. Begin to address things within yourself, not as an attack, not as trying to get rid of it, but as a process of embracing, of accepting, of learning from, surrendering. Because in surrender, not only do you wake up to God and you allow God to come to you, but in that surrender, that opportunity of learning can be fulfilled. It can be fulfilled through resistance. It can only be fulfilled through Surrender receiving. And then that river of loving begins to move once again. And that opportunity of learning now merges into it. And now it's part of the river because that was part of the journey of our soul's fulfillment of its karmas, its destinations, its destinies, whatever you want to call them. So this journey of awakening the Spirit is done through intention and attention. And it is through that simple action and letting go and surrendering that all these things that seemingly are in the way, no longer in the way, but simply become a part of that journey of awakening. And when we realize that, is when we begin to move into greater gratitude and acceptance and fulfillment. And then we fulfill this life's journey and begin the next. But that's the greater life in spirit. That's the greater life beyond the physical into the realms of spirit where we no longer have to come back because something is undone or incomplete in this world, where we get to now fulfill the greater story and awaken in that greater journey. And then we get to live happily ever after forevermore. <laughs> it's a great fairy tale. It's true in spirit, not in this world. All right. Ah, oh, guess we're yeah. early.